Now, we've been talking for these last few broadcasts about how to study the Bible in a practical way. And so far, we've made a number of suggestions, which I can only summarize for those of you who have missed those broadcasts. First, we talked about wrong ways of studying the Bible, those mystical or magical ways that such as the flippin' point methods of trying to find God's will or the piecemeal studies in which we study little verses out of connection with one another and glue verses together that have no reason to be uh, tagged together and uh, merely reading the Bible without any kind of uh, understanding of what we're reading and so on. These things, of course, must be eliminated. Nor can we simply read the Bible for facts and facts alone and forget that the Bible is a book that is written for us to do something in our lives. So we talked about how the Bible is for us, and we said we must make it ours. We must make it a very practical book that we can use on Thursday and Friday, not just one that we can use on Sundays. In order to do that, we first of all suggested that you need to know concretely and practically uh, what is in each book of the Bible, to learn by chapters what's basically in those chapters. So that you can say John 3 is the story of Nicodemus, that John 9 is the story of the man born blind, that John 14 has to do with that business of Christ's second coming and our, our home in heaven that he's preparing for us. And 1 Corinthians 13 has to do with love, the passage you already know in that fashion. Now you ought to know many, many passages of the Bible that way, so that as you know where what is, you can turn to it quickly in an emergency or in a situation where you need it. Most of us find our Bibles impractical only because we have never been taught to study and learn what is in each chapter. Now, you're not going to learn that all every day, but uh, all of those chapters in one day, but every day you ought to be able to find something in your Bible uh, in a new way. And I suggested that you write these things down in a card file, and that you use this card file or a loose-leaf notebook in a topical way, arranging the topics alphabetically and listing some of the principal passages that you've studied uh, that you know pertain to particular topics so that you can find them in your card file when you need them until they become a part of you. And the more you use them, the more they will become a part of you and the more you will memorize them in an easy way by using your card file over the years. So start right away developing that card file. If you haven't, start it right today with three by five cards in your little card box. Then we were talking about what you ought to get out of each Bible study. We said that from every Bible study, you ought to know what the passage means. Secondly, you ought to know what it means to you. That is, concretely, how it should uh, affect your life and how it could be a, a source of change in your life to honor God more in some way. Which leads to the next point, that the Bible is given in order to teach you how to love God and how to love your neighbor. And every, every Bible study should lead to some kind of change in your life, in your relationship to God, and in your relationship to your neighbor. Uh, then that leads to the fact that in 2 uh, Timothy 3, 16, we have the process for change that takes place through the Bible, this useful or profitable book, as it's called in that verse. First of all, it tells us what God requires, it teaches us. Secondly, it, it shows us how to get out of the sin that we realize we're in once we see that standard and how we have failed to measure up to it. It convicts us of sin. And thirdly, it, it corrects us. It, it not only uh, shows us what's wrong, but it shows us how to get out of what's wrong. And then finally, it keeps us walking in the ways of righteousness. It shows us the right path and how to stay on it 
so that we don't have to keep falling back into the same old sins again and again. And then lastly, we said during our last broadcast, and this is what we're going to continue to work with today and in our final broadcast the next time on this subject, that you need to discover the purpose in every passage. Now, this is what people have missed in their Bible study. They spend a lot of time reading commentaries and learning what the passage means, reading Bible geography books and Bible dictionaries and helping to understand the meaning of a passage, and also reading concordances and finding other passages that throw light on the present one. This is all very valuable and very useful and very important work and must be done. I believe that you ought to either, uh, if you have the kind of schedule where you can take enough time every day to do some kind of work like that, doing exegesis, reading, uh, exegesis means uh, getting the, the, the understanding out of the passage, reading Bible commentaries, reading two or three different versions to try to see what different people, have, how they have translated the words, uh, getting yourself concordances in which you study down other passages and getting uh, Bible dictionaries and uh, uh, Bible uh, uh, geography books and so on. Anything that will help you, all the different kinds of helps. And you can read about these and go to a Christian bookstore and look over the shelves and thumb these books and see what they will do for you. But getting these particular things are important and they will help you build a library of commentaries and other books of this sort. But I believe that a lot of people who, who do this stop right there once they understand what the passage means. And you ought to take some time, if you can, if your schedule permits it every day to do that kind of work. But most people's schedule won't permit that kind of thing. So you really need, what you need is kind of a, uh, a day or two a week in which you can really carve out some extended time for Bible study. That's the important thing. Maybe Sunday afternoon's your best time to do that. Uh, maybe uh, a couple of days a week you can get an hour or so and really dig in and read these commentaries, spread them all out on the table, find out what different uh, commentators say. Don't ever stop with one. You'll find out they disagree, and that will give you some indication that uh, it isn't always quite so easy as, as you might think at first to understand the passage. You're going to have to do a little harder work on it. And then dig out what the passage really means. Write down the meanings on a piece of paper. But after you've got what the passage means, what it's really saying, and you understood all the vocabulary and all the sentence structure, and understood the context uh, historically and uh, who was writing what to whom, where, under what circumstances, don't forget to look for the purpose of the passage. And that's what I started stressing last time, and I want to underline again today and next, in the next broadcast. The purpose is what you're doing all this exegetical or understanding work for. If you don't understand what the Holy Spirit wants to do to your life, if you don't understand his purpose in this passage, what his intentions are, how he intends to change you through your understanding of this passage, you've missed the whole thing. The whole thing is worthless. It's useless. You've done all this work and you've got some facts and they haven't done anything for you. So the last thing and the final thing and the goal of all this other study work that's done is so that you may come up with a clear one-sentence statement of what the Holy Spirit's purpose is. And you can state the purpose in, in general terms or specific terms. I think you ought to do both. The general purpose is either to inform you, give you information you didn't have before, or is to persuade you to believe or disbelieve something, or it is to motivate you to do something, or it's any two or three of these together. Usually you will not find them in isolation, but you will find the emphasis in the passage upon either informing or persuading or upon motivating. 
So the first thing you want to know is what is his general purpose? Does he want to teach me something, inform me something, give me some facts and information I need, such as one Paul will write in 1 Corinthians 4.13, I don't want you to be uninformed, brethren, about. Then he goes on to talk about grief and the resurrection and death and so on. Uh, or is he more interested in getting you to believe something, or is he more interested in getting you to uh, go out and do something? That's the critical thing. Write it down. But then secondly, you want the specific purpose. What does he want to inform me about? What is it he wants me to believe or disbelieve? And what specifically is it that he wants me to do? And that ought to be written down in a single sentence too at the end of each study passage. If you haven't studied so that you can do that, you haven't studied adequately enough. And the Bible, you will find, will not be transforming your life as powerfully as it might it, uh, otherwise when you do. Lord, help us to understand your purpose in every passage that our lives may be transformed for Christ's sake. Amen.